This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Okay, so welcome to Reimagine Law, our podcast series where we seek to uh, give uh, you, the listener, insights into the whole of the world of the uh, uh, legal sector, the careers that you can have, the opportunities that exist, um, uh, what you need to be successful, um, the future direction of, the, uh, of, of this sector, but to really help you see law uh, um, as a really exciting uh, career opportunity and, and to give you insights to help you on that journey into the sector if you feel it is right for you. Today, uh, I'm delighted to be hosting this session where we are going to be uh, getting some fantastic insights into the new and really exciting Solicitor Apprenticeship Programme. So there's been huge changes in the world of apprenticeships um, over the last number of years, uh, and there is now not a career you cannot have um, uh, through the apprenticeship route. So any career you want to have, you can have uh, an, an access by being an apprentice. So it really is a career, uh, apprenticeships really do open up any career opportunity you want, and that is absolutely the case in the legal sector. And so I'm delighted today to, to have two fantastic uh, people, Amy and Hamza, who you're going to hear from in a moment, um, who are on solicitor apprenticeship programs, and they're going to share their insights, their experience and their journey with you today. So you're going to hear it directly from those individuals who are actually on solicitor apprenticeship programs. So with that in mind, it's all about hearing from them. Um, so uh, let's get started with today. And my first question, Amy, is, is to you. And what I'd be really keen to know is, obviously, you're uh, a solicitor apprentice, you work in house. So if you could just tell us a little bit more about your apprenticeship, uh, how many years in you are, um, what in house means, and why you decided to go down the apprenticeship route. Hi Simon, thanks for having me. Um, you are correct, I am a solicitor apprentice and I am in-house, so I hopefully I'll know what I'm talking about a little bit today. I am actually interestingly on my second apprenticeship. I undertook the paralegal apprenticeship initially, I, and purely because I wasn't sure if a career in law was for me. I was very lucky to then be offered the solicitor apprenticeship and I'm now in my fifth year, which means I will be looking to sit the SQE in 2024. The light is very much at the end of the tunnel, as I keep saying to everyone I come in contact with. So that's really lovely. As I said, I am in-house. The best way to describe in-house for those that aren't sure on what that means or have never heard of that, it basically means that it's different to private practice where you have lots of clients. And instead, I will act for the business as my client. So I will advise the business on legal positions, legal matters, any legal concerns, rather than having lots of different clients to provide lots of different pieces of advice to. My route into an apprenticeship wasn't straightforward. I wasn't one of these lucky ones that thought I'm gonna come straight out of A-levels and I'm gonna set the world on fire and take up this new fantastic way of entering the workforce. My background is actually elite sport. I am a double Paralympic swimmer. So I didn't really think that a professional career was ever going to be on the cards for me. Um, very quickly decided towards the end of my sporting career that I didn't want to do, be defined by swimming. So it was then my choice to see what I could do um, in the professional world. I admittedly, and I'm very open about it, I did fall into the trap of thinking that university was the only way to be successful. So I came back from the Rio Paralympic Games 
on cloud nine, um, went straight to university and decided by the January that there is a certain type that fits a student and none of that is in my nature. Um, so I came home and I had to find a plan B. That was an apprenticeship. It was between law and finance. Um, I hate numbers and I hate maths. So finance was quickly batted off my list. And it was my mum actually who helped me find my legal apprenticeship through the government website. That's amazing, uh, uh, Amy, and uh, amazing that you've uh, uh, essentially had a whole other career before you did this in terms of the incredible achievement uh, um, uh, with your uh, with your your uh, swimming. So you mentioned earlier, 2024, you take your SQE. And so on passing that, you will then be a, a fully qualified solicitor. That's correct, isn't it? Yep, that's right. Fully qualified solicitor. As soon as I finish the SQE, we'll go in as newly qualified. And then again, it's up to me where I take my professional career from there. I am nervous to sit the SQE, definitely. And I think part of me will be sad to lose that apprentice title that follows my name a lot. It does. And I think Hamza can agree on this. It does become a sense of identity and you're within your own community too, especially as we see legal apprentices moving in that really, really positive direction. Yeah, fantastic. And actually, we've done another podcast on Reimagine all about the SQE. So for those of you listening, if you want to know more about the SQE, you'll find that podcast uh, within Reimagine Law. So Amy, thank you. Hamza, so over to you. You likewise are an apprentice. You're in private practice. So same questions that, that I asked Amy, really. So tell us briefly about the apprenticeship you're on, how many years in you are, uh, what private practice is, Amy, Amy has alluded to it, but tell us a bit more, uh, and why you decided to go down the apprenticeship route. Hi, Simon. Pleasure to be here. Um, as mentioned, I am a private practice lawyer, which often means that we act for clients. I am fortunate to be at a global law firm, so we actually deal with a lot of international work uh, coming from different jurisdictions, meaning that our teams can often be comprised of lawyers from Dubai, Paris, Hong Kong, um, in respects of where I currently sit in my apprenticeship, I am two years down. So unfortunately, unlike Amy, the light is very much far away in the tunnel, but is speeding fast. Um, in terms of why I took the route, my journey to law was relatively, un was relatively untraditional. Um, I was initially studying medicine. I did biology, chemistry, history and philosophy at A-levels. Um, I was just very fortunate to have organizations available to me that gave me a better insight into the careers on offer. And I think that's a very important thing. Many apprenticeships or many apprentices, they come from unique backgrounds and, you know, law is a very open, accessible path and the apprenticeship itself is a very open, accessible path. It's something that you get to define yourself. And I think that's been the main reason why I've been very appreciative of my apprenticeship route so far. I've been able to take a lot of it into my own control. And I think whilst university is very structured and tailored, uh, very structured at least, um, the apprenticeship route is beneficial because of how tailored it can be towards its own apprentice. Yeah, that tailoring is a really interesting, uh, uh, really interesting uh, point about your apprenticeship and a point of difference between that and the, the uh, university. And just to clarify, Hamza, so you're a couple of years in, um, you've not gone down the paralegal route, which is the route that Amy went down first and then enrolled obviously onto a solicitor apprenticeship. Was there a reason behind that? Right. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I guess the slight reason behind that was once I settled on the idea of an apprenticeship, I was very actually offset against the idea of university. Um, I knew no matter what, it wasn't a route that I was particularly keen on attending, even though I was very fortunate to have offers from UCL and LSE. Um, so due to that, I felt a solicitor apprenticeship was perhaps more suited to me because it offered the security of the six year program and Similar to what Amy will now experience, when you come off the back of it, you're coming out with a law degree, 
an LLB in law, and you're also having that guaranteed, you know, years of experience. And I think in the current market right now, you know, experience is something that gets talked about so often. Um, having that at such a young age is so valuable. So for me, it made more sense, you know, if I was applying just to apply for the straight list apprenticeship route, rather than a paralegal where it then becomes assessed whether you'd be able to, you know, transition onto a sister friendship group. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. But again, it just shows, coming back to your tailored point, the different routes you can take, right? There's, it, it's not you have to, there has to be a prerequisite. Always everyone does the same step before they get onto the apprenticeship. There are many routes onto it um, uh, for individuals. So, so thank you for that share. Um, Amy, I'm going to come back to you now. I'm really keen to understand a bit more about the kind of um, skills and behaviours that you need to develop, which will give you the best, best chance of success as a solicitor apprenticeship. So just, to, I know Hamza is going to chat a bit about this as well, but really keen to get your sense of what those key kind of skills and behaviours that you need to develop. Absolutely. And I think that's a great question. I will start off by saying the beauty of an apprenticeship, especially with what I found, you don't need to necessarily have these skills absolutely tip top from day one. The beauty of an apprenticeship means that, as you say, you can develop those place, those skills and it's it's a safe place for you to develop those skills and you're surrounded by professionals who are qualified in that field. So there literally is no better place to learn, harness and develop them. If I were to pick three, the three that stand out to me the most would be motivation, drive, well, maybe motivation drive be the same one, actually. I'll cheat a little bit. I would say willingness, and I'd also say time management. The motivation and drive, I think, definitely comes into the university aspect that Hamza touched on. We do pretty much self-study. We only have a few hours contact in our sessions with our tutors. So all of our prep work, all of our lectures, all of our note-taking, we have to do independently. And that's, that's difficult for any typical university student. But when you factor in that you're actually working full time as well, it does become a little bit more tricky. So you have to be the type of person that says, I just have to get my head down and get on with it because this is what I want to achieve. I think the willingness definitely comes into it because you are very junior and you are a lot of the time very young. So you need to be keen, as keen as you can. Um, I always say that, th that my keenness does not translate into any other avenue of my life other than my apprenticeship, it seems at the moment. So you have to be willing to go to your managers, to your supervisors, sometimes to the trainees and put yourself out there. It takes, takes a bit of bravery at first, but once you've cracked it, you're pretty much there. And you don't realize in that respect, you also create more opportunity for yourself too. And then I think time management, again, definitely ties into the university aspect. It's, it's hard to get your head around at first because you really are thrown in at the deep end. You are an employee and you are a student and you're qualifying. You've got these exciting things going on in the background. I think for me, I was lucky that I had two of those skills from my swimming background. So the determination and the time management aspect, but I've definitely seen a massive shift in how far I've come over the past six years of being an apprentice. I never in my, my wildest dreams thought I'd be the person to go up to the CEO and say, actually, I'd be willing to help you with this. Or, you know, I can balance full-time study and a full-time job as well. Brilliant. That is fantastic. And, and I really love that point uh, about um, being brave. Uh, and, and you know to to go and uh, put your hand up for stuff or, or to ask questions uh, and how come back to a point you made earlier Amy around 
that's one of the great things about being an apprentice it almost gives you permission to do that to ask questions because you're there to learn so i think for that brave point is is a really important one and powerful one and the other thing i just before i uh, um, move over to my next question to Hamza. Amy, what about expectations? What should people expect when they're on a solicitor apprenticeship? That's a hard one, Simon. I think <laughs> without trying to make any blanket statements, I think you have to expect it to be hard. And anything that falls short of that is amazing. It's not a professional qualification for nothing. You are not going to get everything served to you on a plate. And it, there are going to be times when it does feel tricky and it does feel difficult. But I think as long as you do keep that bigger picture in mind and you think, well, I'm doing this because at the end, I'm going to be a qualified solicitor or I'm going to be a qualified paralegal, that does kind of tone things down a little bit in terms of how difficult they can get. I always describe it when I'm talking to new apprentices as how do you eat an elephant? And it's something that I actually learned from secondary school. And when you're eating an elephant, at least this is the way I'd eat it anyway, I wouldn't sit and eat it in one big sitting. I would tackle it into little bits as it goes along. And I think as long as you keep that in mind from the start of your program, you will get to the end of it and you will be successful in it. I think another thing I wish I would have known is the power of a network that you build you can expect to be in contact with lots of different people all different ages all different levels right from legal secretaries even the people that help with facilities in the building and I think the, be the beauty of an apprenticeship again another thing that ties in is you can build that network so early on as long as you go in with the mindset and the willingness to do so Brilliant. Thank you. Lots of really, really great uh, points there, Amy. So thank you. Hamza, so Amy's talked a bit about some of those key behaviours, you know, uh, motivation, willingness and a keenness, you know, time management. Um, what are some of the, I guess, more technical skills and the, and the wider people skills that you will need, but also that you will develop doing a solicitor apprenticeship? You'll find that a lot of the technical skills actually find their roots in those behavioural elements. You know, key elements are, for example, communication and, you know, establishing and maintaining a network that you do build that Amy touched upon. The benefits of that is, and the reason why I find curiosity being the main factor that differentiates apprentices is because, you know, law firms are looking to nurture the talent that they take in. As an apprentice, you're one of very select few. Um, as in my cohort, I'm one of four. I know friends who are the sole apprentices at their firm. You know, firms are very, very keen to develop you and nurture you into the best lawyer for their firm and the best lawyer that you can be in the practice. So when it, we're looking at technical skills and we're looking at people skills, you know, it's really showcasing and demonstrating your curiosity in a tangible manner that can simply be, you know, having that inquisitive nature to ask questions, you know, pressing on points that you don't understand. If you sort of adopt a narrow mind and, you know, you don't branch out, you never know what sort of sectors could perhaps better fit your character. So I guess the element that you really need to focus on is that open-mindedness. Combining that with curiosity makes you a dangerous individual within the legal sector. You're someone that is willing to not only test new unfound waters, but it's that bravery element that Amy touched upon. You know, you have a courage to challenge new opportunities. And I think that's the element that law firms are really keen upon. They're so almost free giving in the opportunities that they provide to their apprenticeships compared to perhaps, you know, the more traditional route. Because you're was it one of such a select few, you know, you're in the spotlight of your firm. 
and the technical skill and the people skills that I would really highlight is actually being able to make the most use of that spotlight. There's an element where you can be an introverted character in a law firm and you can be an extroverted character and neither character necessarily means that you're better suited to the law practice. But adopting elements of both characteristics are what makes you the most well-rounded individual to truly thrive in the legal field. Amazing. That's a fantastic summary, Hamza. Thank you. Uh, uh, and both of you, loads of really great insights there. And just final quick thought that, that comes to me, Hamza, actually, when you're just talking a bit about that. And you may have semi-answered this question already, but what really helps you progress? You'll hear this a lot at the senior levels. Um, for me personally, it's mentorship, it's guidance. We're in uncharted territories as an apprentice, or at least that's how I sort of see it. We benefit from being individuals because of the route is so new. We're essentially trailblazers and that touches back on that tailored point that I mentioned. The route is tailored around you as an individual. What you need the most is a stable hand to steer your ship. And for me, that comes from, you know, branching out to understanding the different concepts and mindsets of different individuals. Because ultimately through piecing elements that, you know, I feel compatible with my own personal characteristic from different mentors, that ultimately is what will make me look back without any regrets in terms of my friendship. So I think that's the element of progression. And also having very candid conversations. It's really difficult at a young age to actually look at what you've done and say, have I really progressed in this space of time? Am I actually hitting all the tick boxes that I was aiming for? And you know, sometimes the conversations don't always end positively. You know, I might have excelled in this bit, but I've actually fallen behind in this element. And that's the nature of the apprenticeship. You know, you have your peaks and troughs of your own development. It's hard to be full force for the entire six years. I guess the important thing is having, you know, key milestones that you can pick up. You know, you can assess, you can, you know, refine your approach. That's why I felt has been the best for my progression. That's really interesting. And it comes almost back to that brave thing about, you know, being brave enough to ask yourself the honest question about your progression and, you know, what you're doing and are you doing the right things and you're doing enough of the right things and also being, you know, brave to kind of ask for feedback and uh, um, because it might not always be what you want to hear, but that's actually the insight that you need to help you progress. So definitely some themes coming through here. Thank you, Hamza. And I guess finally, a final question for each of you. Um, and I'll start with you, Amy. So what advice would you give someone considering the uh, solicitor apprenticeship? I think my one piece of advice, in fact, I know my one piece of advice would be to take those opportunities, take every opportunity that comes to you and grasp it with both hands. Opportunity, I, I cannot go on about enough. It is absolutely everywhere as an apprentice. I use LinkedIn as an example. The first time I ever came across Hamza was on LinkedIn. And then the next time I saw him, it was at the London Legal Walk. Two very different opportunities, but two great opportunities to get to know people, put yourself out there, that whole sense of being brave, trying new things. There's also opportunity, as, as Hamza has rightly spoken on too, uh, improving yourself and setting those goals. Your apprenticeship journey is exactly as you want to make it. I wish that I could go back to myself in my second year of my paralegal about to start my solicitor apprenticeship and say these these things are there for the taking put yourself out there speak to that person at that legal update breakfast at the law firms that I think everybody has a bit of dread going to anyway because who loves introducing themselves but do those things and push yourself out push yourself outside those comfort zones because you don't move forwards otherwise you don't apprenticeships are all about creating a name for yourself creating an opportunity for yourself creating a 
a successful career for yourself. So anything that comes along, even if you don't like it, just try it. If you don't like it, you never have to do it again. Life, isn't it? And life is like that. So if it's one thing that translates over to your professional career, absolutely, that would be my advice. Brilliant. Yeah, try stuff. Brilliant, Amy. Thank you. And uh, uh, Hamza, what final advice would you give to someone considering a solicitor apprenticeship? I might have to throw a spell in the mix, Simon, and contextualise what I said previously. Whilst I think mentorship is so important, and I think from the get-go, I would really recommend any individual, no matter what stage of your career that you're in, whether you're looking to apprenticeships, whether you're currently in apprenticeship, to find a mentor. I want to contextualise by making certain individuals remember you can't please everyone. Um, from my personal experience, it was only after having a very candid conversation with a partner and after looking at you know, my own apprenticeship journey, everyone speaks their own book of business. Myself and Amy will naturally endorse the apprenticeship route. We'll talk about the benefits. We might mention some challenges, but we'll always mitigate those challenges that we faced. Very similar to individuals that went down the traditional pathway, they will always endorse the avenue that they've taken because that's their book of business. And the same is very much true in the legal space. Partners will always talk about the industry that they're in. They'll talk about the way that they learn. And oftentimes, there are elements and gems of wisdom that you can take away, but it doesn't mean that you have to be a copycat of their, you know, you're not chasing the ghost of their past. You are your own individual. And I think that's really important to remember. It's very easy and you're not looking to sort of create enemies in the legal world. I would definitely not recommend that, but it's very easy to lose who you are if you're constantly seeking guidance. So an element of that is always assessing the guidance you're given and just matching against your personal characteristics. Is it something that is tailoring you to be the individual that you want to be? Really great advice. Kind of almost, uh, I guess what I'm hearing there is kind of, uh, uh, you know, listen and learn and assess, but then be you uh, and, and uh, make the, the right decision for you uh, uh, going forward. So Hamza, thank you. So Amy and Hamza, really big thank you to both of you. So much great insight that you've shared. I, I was busy scribbling all kinds of notes as you were uh, as you were talking uh, there, but just a couple of key themes that's been really clear listening to both of you is there are so many routes into an apprenticeship, um, another career first and then into it through university or not, um, the paralegal route or straight on to solicitor apprenticeship route. So, and it comes back to this tailoring. You, the great thing about an apprenticeship is you can absolutely tailor it for, um, uh, for, for your uh, uh, needs. Uh, I think. Another key theme for me has been great thing about doing an apprenticeship. It's a safe place for you to develop your skills because you are there to learn and everyone knows that. And those key behaviors and skills like motivation and drive, being willing, a willingness and a keenness, time management, being brave uh, are all things that we've talked about. The power of your network uh, that you both build and then maintain. Um, open-mindedness, curiosity, have come through really strongly and the importance and power of mentoring and mentorships to, to, to help and support you to progress. And then your final comments from, from both of you that really struck home is, you know, take every opportunity that you, um, that you can try stuff and you're not gonna please all the people all the time. So take on board what you hear, what you find out, what you learn, uh, assess it for yourself uh, and then be you. With the decisions that you uh, make. So Hamza, Amy, again a really big thank you 
uh, another really insightful podcast for uh, Reimagine Law and the listeners of Reimagine Law. So a really big thank you to both of you and good luck, obviously, with the rest of your apprenticeships and the career that you will have on the back of it. So uh, thank you all and goodbye. 